Hey there, it's episode 79 of the Birthday Boy Podcast. Uh, It's three weeks late. I recorded this three weeks ago on April Fool's Day, April 1st. And then I haven't done anything since to post these uh, podcast recordings. So here it is. Happy April Fool's Day. A couple, three weeks late. Enjoy. Hey, it's a little uh, little bonus footage. Is it footage if it's audio? I don't think so. I think footage is like video, right? Footage. Footage. Well, anyways, here's some bonus whatever content. Uh, let's see. Wait a minute. Seven-day forecast with weekend always in view. 50 rainy today, 45 tomorrow, 51 Saturday, 55 on Easter, 55 Monday, 58 Tuesday. 59 Wednesday, 59. That's fine. That's good late March, early April. Oh, it's April Fool's Day. It's April. Shit. I should have uh I should have come up with some April Fool's pranks or something. Actually, you know what? I'm going to call an audible here. I was I was going to talk about something else and I will. But I'll tell you a couple I'll tell you about April Fools 1999 now that I'm now that I've just realized it's April Fools Day. And the amount of things, I realize why I have so many ridiculous things happening to me, uh, particularly as it pertains to my job situation and my work and things like that, is because I put some bad karma out there in the world a very long time ago. And I'm, it's coming, it has come back to me maybe fivefold at this point. So I, I probably have another fivefold to go. I mean, how many fold can you can you possibly get right karma you put karma is is you know tenfold right isn't that the that's the metric by which karma is uh i can't even pronounce karma karma what is wrong with me i can't talk karma karma right is uh whatever you put out comes back tenfold good bad tenfold right so if you're a good person they say that if you're a positive person you think good things, you have an optimistic outlook and say, things, things are going to be good for me. I'm going to go out in the world. Great things are going to happen. I'm going to make them happen. I'm going to see the best in people. I'm going to see the best in the world. Even when it's pretty ugly, I'm still going to look for the best. And, and, uh, and then, and then you, you, they say that it changes your, it literally changes, it rewires your brain. If you're a positive person versus a negative, if you start thinking negative, it rewires your brain and makes you like a different person. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck you. It's stupid. That's stupid bullshit. Anyway, uh, but the karma thing, <laughs> there might be some some validity to that one. Uh, so let's go back 22 years ago, which is insane. 1999, April 1st. I I don't know what it was about that day, but I just... I just went around pranking the shit out of everybody. And I had the best time doing it. And I think I've been paying for it ever since then. I think, like I said, I think my karma has come back. So far, I think we're right around maybe the fifth or sixth fold. So I'm about halfway through my folds. If it's really tenfold, I got probably another four four to six folds uh, left to to go. Just just from that one April Fool's Day. Because I... uh, God, I really, I packed a lot into the, I packed a lot into my day back then. <laughs> when I think about it now, days just seem so short. 
and I get to the I get to it's I look at the clock and it's 10 p.m. and I say what the fuck just happened? Where did everything go? Well, when you've got kids and uh, smartphones exist, which you don't really realize uh, how much time that eats up until you get to the end of the week and you get the little thing from Apple that says your screen time is. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! And then you realize it's just referring to your phone. It's not even referring to your computers or your iPads or any other things. So, or your TV, or your video game. That's just that's just my phone screen time. If it was every screen I looked at during the entire week, that would be really bad. That's just my phone. Oh god damn it! Um. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Yeah, great. You can tell we're getting back to normal because there's a fucking mass shooting now every 20 minutes. It's awesome. All right, not going to be political. Not going to... Anyway. So, 1999, April Fool's Day. Uh, I was a freshman in college at the prestigious Hudson Valley community college the really what is considered the harvard of the of the community colleges uh, it, it's it's really it is one of the top it, it was like number 1 or 2 or something in the nation i believe it it was a you know it's a good school i learned a lot i was i actually learned more there uh, freshman and sophomore year than i did at at any of those schools i went to and I became, you know, had a good relationship with my professors. I was in the honors program. So a lot of my classes, it was just me and like five other people. Because let's be honest, it's not necessarily the not necessarily the quality of the education at a community college. It's, it's oftentimes the caliber of the attendees. And, and that's why, uh, yeah, that's why I was in the honors class and it was just like six of us. But it was great because you get, it's just you. Like, we, one of my classes was in a professor's uh, office. He had a big, beautiful, huge office with a nice conference table. That's where we would have class every Tuesday at 8 a.m., which was fun. I'd get my French toast sticks from Burger King across the street. I would literally every day... You wonder why I'm so fat. Every day, when I was 19, I'm eating French toast sticks at Burger King before school... And then it didn't help that I worked at KB Toys at Colony Center Mall, and there was a Burger King right down the hall, and I would get French toast sticks when I would work there, and hash browns. Oh, God, it was so good. And I would sit in the car, I'd eat my French toast, my hash browns, I'd listen to Howard Stern, I'd smoke a cigarette, a camel cigarette, because I did that back in those days, regrettably. But I will say this. A lot of people just tell you how bad smoking is, and it is. It's terrible for you. I wish I had never taken a single puff of a cigarette. But I will say this. It looks, feels, and tastes awesome. It's such a cool thing. <laughs> and it's delicious. At least those camels were. I tried Marlboros a few times. That's disgusting. Disgusting, I tell you. Marlboro Lights would give me a sore throat every time. But man, Camel, the regular old straight up Camel, 
hard pack, not the soft pack. Ugh, I don't like I don't like having that soft like a package of tissues and crumple up the cigarettes. A hard pack, baby, cardboard, the hard stuff. Anyway, uh, yeah, I would smoke a cigarette and I just feel like king of the world, sitting in my eighty nine Buick Park Ave, my leather seats, quality stereo system, playing Howard Stern in my grandmother's car that was handed down to me. Eating my Burger King breakfast in the parking lot of the community college, smoking a cigarette. I am truly the king of the world right now. And it was delicious. The breakfast was delicious. The the, the cigarettes were delicious. (laughs) Uh, Kimmy was getting very upset with me the other night because I was telling the kid, we talk about smoking. We talk about how we used to smoke cigarettes and I smoked for five years. And then I got so tired of having uh, getting a cold that would last for weeks and weeks, and I would have this horrendous cough. And I still do, but it's not nearly as bad as it used to be when I was smoking cigarettes. And then when you're addicted to it and you, you have a cold, I would go out. I couldn't take it after a couple days of not smoking, and I would go outside in the cold, in the snow, and light up a cigarette because I, I couldn't wait any longer, and it would just make me cough even more. And that's disgusting. That's disgusting. But in the summer when I was feeling good, and I had those those young, fresh, healthy lungs at the beginning of the, of it all. Oh man, the cigarettes that tasted delicious. But I will say, what didn't taste delicious was food. You do you lose your taste for food. Food does not taste the same. I remember I haven't smoked a cigarette since January since Super Bowl Eve two thousand three. On the eve of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, coached by John Gruden, playing his former team, the Oakland Raiders. In uh, Super Bowl, whatever it was, 2003, uh, that night, the night before, Saturday night, uh, I went to bed. I had a, had one, a cigarette, went to bed, woke up with a horrible sore throat and a cold, lasted for a couple weeks. I kept, I even, as I was feeling better, I went and bought a fresh pack of cigarettes from the Hess station, kept it in my pocket. I had a jacket that had a, like a breast pocket, kept it there for... I what I feel like was at least a year and never opened it. I mean, so I never like actually quit smoking. I feel like because I tried that once, I tried to quit, and then I just moved over to cigars. As soon as I said I'm quitting smoking, it was it was doomed. But as far as cigarettes, uh, as far as when when I had my last cigarette, 16, 17, 18 years ago, eighteen over eighteen years ago, I never said I quit. I never made any kind of like, you know, people people make this grand proclamation, I'm quitting smoking, and it's been three days, and now it's been three weeks, and now it's, just forget it, just don't, stop, stop, you're, all you're doing is you're putting that thought in your head like every five minutes, when, even though you're, you're trying to make it positive, I haven't smoked a cigarette, you're putting it in your head, you're, you're saying cigarette over and over again, just like I am right now, and I'm about to run out to the 7-Eleven. And get a pack of Camel Turkish Gold, which I'm sure doesn't even exist anymore. I don't think it does. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll be at uh, like a Walgreens or something, cashing out, and I'll just look, or a 7-Eleven or whatever, and I'll look behind and say, yeah, I wonder what, what are cigarettes looking like these days? And first, the first thing I see is the price. And I, now I sound like my grandparents when I was buying cigarettes for $3 a pack back in the 90s, $2.50, $3, $3.50 sometime, I guess, some, somewhere in there. 
And my grandpa would say, I can't believe, I don't know how you can even afford it. I stopped smoking when they went up to 75 cents a pack. It was too expensive. Now these fuckers, what are they like? The cheap ones are like $9, I think. $10? Go in, go closer. To, like in Boston, they're like $12, $15, I feel like. I, I remember in the 90s going to, going to South Carolina and buying a carton for like 20 bucks. And now that's that barely gets you a pack. For, for that alone, don't do it. Don't do it. And it's just a, it's a horrible, horrible thing. But you do. You lose your sense of taste. Uh, yeah, so I, w- I woke up that day, Super Bowl Sunday, with a horrible cold. And I just I just kind of put off. I said, I'm just I'm going to wait till I'm fully, fully recovered from this cold before I go back to smoking. And then it got, you know, a week went by and then another and another. And I had the pack in my pocket and I just kept, uh, you know, I just kept going. And here we are, 18 years later. I'm good. Because shortly after that, I noticed, like, oh, my God, this food. This food tastes delicious. I can actually taste things in this food. And food is way more important to me than anything, literally. I I don't care about booze, cigarettes, like any of that stuff. Never been a a huge into any of that. But food, man. Again, that's why I'm so fat. But I love food. And although I was not as fat when I was smoking... Uh, man, just, I didn't realize until I stopped how disgusting it was. And luckily that was the same year that pretty much, at least in New York state and a lot of states started implementing the, the smoking bans in restaurants and other, you know, bars and public areas and things like that. So for a few months after I stopped, after I had my last cigarette, I really realized just what a nuisance it was going into a restaurant and there's, you know, smoking or non-smoking section. It's the same fucking building. It's just like with COVID, like, it's the same, oh, well, Texas is uh, no more masks and everything's open in Texas. Okay, well, that's that's only going to be their problem. Yeah, bullshit. It's going to be everybody's problem. Just like in a restaurant. Oh, we'll take the non-smoking section. I don't want to, I don't want to get secondhand smoke cancer. Yeah, okay. Good luck with that in a, in a small diner. Good luck. So, but then a few months later, I want to say like July... July 1st or July 15th or August 1st or something like that in 2003, they've officially no more smoking in restaurants and bars and anything. And it's the greatest thing ever. Because then when we move to Florida, where you can smoke, you can't smoke in the restaurant, I don't believe, but you can smoke on the patio in Florida. I don't know if that's still the case, but it was when we lived there. Cause I remember like, Oh yeah, we'll sit. It was a nice day. We'll sit outside at, uh, Whatever the place, at Bonefish Max, one of our favorite places to go. We'll sit outside. Everybody was smoking. It was disgusting. And I said, holy shit, they're allowed to smoke at a restaurant on a patio here. Gross. So I appreciate it. And, and in all tr- honesty, smoking is disgusting. It's, it's horrible. It's really gross. That has nothing to do with anything. I, I don't even know why I'm talking. Oh, yeah, so uh, the community college. I would April Fool's Day, 1999. That's taken me 15 minutes to finally get here. It's great. I'm a great storyteller. Let's let's go off in many directions before I even get to my point. Uh, so April Fool's Day, '99, I went to went to class. I went to my community college classes. Had my Western Civ class and a few others. Big deal. Came home, and the first prank that I can recall was, uh, of course, I was living with my parents. 
My mom came home from work. How was your day? Blah, blah, blah. I said, the teacher, I said, the students through the professor, my professor Riley, my Western Civ professor, they got so fed up with her that they, the students, some of the students, they rushed the front of the classroom and they grabbed her and they threw, they threw her down the stairs. <laughs> that was such a stupid, and my mom's like, what do you, what? They, th students threw your professor down the stairs? I'm like, yeah, it was unbelievable. She rolled down the first flight of stairs, got up, shook it off a little bit, and then they ran down and they grabbed her and they threw her down the second flight of stairs. They carried her like a, like in a, <laughs> like a, it was like a crowd surfing, and then they just threw her down the stairs. Oh my God, are you kidding me? What? And then I just, I fell out of my chair laughing because I'm such an idiot. And it was such a dumb prank. My mom's like, what the hell is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? That didn't happen. Of course that didn't happen. I'm like, no, of course it didn't happen. April Fool's! <laughs> and uh, later, later I went to work that, that evening at my job at KB Toys, Colony Center. What a, what a life I lived. Burn Hills, nobody, some, some of you know this geography, but I would drive from Burn Hills to Troy every morning to have my community college class. Then I would drive home. Then I would drive back to pretty much the same exact spot to, to Albany, to Colony, to work. What little money I made went into, A, I would just buy toys from the toy store, toys and video games from the store where I worked. And then the rest of it would go to gas. And then the rest of that, anything left over that was cigarettes, gas, and video games. What a time to be alive. Not a care in the world. Did not give a shit. It's great. You, don't, you still don't have to... You're only, like, partially responsible at that age. Like, you're a college student. You're on your parents' health insurance until you're 25, as long as you're a student. So you don't have to think about that stuff. You're on their car insurance until, I don't know. I think I was. I'm, not, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to think. Yeah, because I... yeah. About the same same age, I think. I think I was like 24, 25 when I had to get my own car, car insurance. Car. I can't talk today. Car. Karma. Oh. And, uh, yeah. Health insurance, car insurance, my own cell phone plan. That stuff, yeah, that stuff didn't happen until I was like 23, 24, 25. So it was a great time. I had my big brick Motorola cell phone. Parents are paying for that. Actually, now that I think about it, I wasn't even paying for my own gas. I had a, I had a Sitco gas card, so I'd go to the extra mart, and uh, yeah, it was it was my yeah. So I, pff, of course, of course, I'm king of the world. That's why I was, that's why I was so happy eating my French toast sticks from Burger King and smoking my Camel Turkish Golds in the parking lot before going to class at my community college at the Harvard of the community college system, the Harvard on the Hudson, as they call it. Hudson Valley Community College, Troy, New York. Uh, just like just like Binghamton, my my undergrad alma mater is the uh, the Harvard of the SUNY system. I don't give a shit what they say about Geneseo. Geneseo can go fuck themselves. That is not a smarter school than Binghamton. Binghamton is the smart school. Geneseo is fine. There's certainly not a lot of dopes there. Very smart people. But Binghamton is 
that's the top. I, I, people who write these articles went to Geneseo. I'm sorry. That's there's just no there's no fucking way that Geneseo is a smarter school than Binghamton. Go to both of those places. You'll you'll find out quickly. Anyway, uh, so 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 I went I went to work that night. Oh my god, there was this kid named Rockman. We called him the Rock. He was a, such a sweet kid. He was, I think, like 16, 17. Sweetheart of a guy. Really smart guy. Really good. A really good toy salesman. Like he could, he was a salesman. He was a personable guy. Just a, such a likable guy. And I was such an unlikable guy because I would find the nice, likable guys and I would be a dick to them. And poor Rockman. Uh, he and I were working that night, and I, I wasn't a manager or anything. I wasn't anything. I was a nothing. And so I pulled Rockman aside in one of the aisles. And it was a, I don't know what it was. It was like a Thursday night or Friday. I don't know what day of the week it was. But I pulled Rockman aside down one of the aisles, and I said, Hey, man, I got I to, gotta, they asked me to talk to you. Because, you know, you and I are friends and stuff. Um, I don't know any other way to say that. And I was dead serious, too. I'm like, I don't know any other way to say this, but uh, we have to let you go. Uh, today's going to be your last day. I'm so sorry, but you're you're fired. You've been fired. It was like a Michael Scott thing where nobody thinks it's funny except me. Except now I think about it and I want to go back and punch myself in the face. And this poor – and I thought for sure – I just thought because we had like – we did actually have a pretty good rapport. And he was a funny, fun kid, smart kid. I thought, I thought for sure that he would just see right through it and be like, oh, fuck you. And that would be the end of it. But this guy looked down at the floor. Again, just like, just like Pam in the office when, when Michael fires her on the first, the very first episode, the pilot episode, um, which I guess was what happened to Dawn in the British office too. But, uh, it's just like that where Pam starts crying and then Michael just starts laughing uncontrollably. It was like that, like Rachman just looked down at the floor and I could see like his eyes were starting to well up. And I was like, I got you, April Fools. Just kidding, buddy. You're doing a great job. I am not a manager. I couldn't even, what do you do? Why would you think I can fire you? Ah, that's crazy. And I sort of patted him on the arm and then walked away. And he pretty much never spoke to me again. And I think he quit very, very shortly thereafter. Very, it was not, he did not hang around too much longer and uh yeah he was a really he's really good at that job really passionate about it and really loved it and then as soon as i told him he was fired and then said just kidding uh that he uh, he died inside and then he quit like a couple weeks later he was done uh so yeah great april fool's prank from me that's a good one uh when i talk about the karma coming back in my work life that's where it started that's where it all began that's where it all began. Probably some stuff that I did when I was delivering newspapers too, but you can't hold that too much against me. I was a young pup. I started delivering newspapers when I was 11. So I wrote a note to one of my customers comparing her to Hitler one time. Big deal, big deal. Sweet Mr. Collins, Mr. Collins, who was my, my boss, called me and he said, did you, did you send a letter <laughs> to Mrs. Belmer comparing her? To Hitler and the Nazis? Uh, well, I wouldn't say that, but I wouldn't say I didn't do that. But she was also being really, 
rude about newspaper delivery. So she kind of is like Hitler when you think about it, Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins, I'm pretty sure, was like a World War II veteran who fought Nazis. And then he's got this stupid 13-year-old kid writing a letter to a customer comparing her to Nazis. I, I also wasn't, I don't regret that. I wasn't wrong. She was batshit crazy. She was, I don't know why I would compare her to Hitler, but I did. Because that's what you did back in the day. In the 90s, everybody was comparing everyone to Hitler. That was the thing to do. That was the style at the time. So anyways, I, uh, you know, I have a long history of <laughs> doing idiotic things. <laughs> which, which, the, 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 the ultimate idiotic thing is documenting all of this on the podcast to preserve for all eternity. Oh my God, just a podcast, me telling you about how stupid I am. <coughs> oh, baby. So... Anyways, so yeah, uh, so Rockman did not enjoy the April Fool's prank where I told him he was fired. I'm not sure why. And then he quit a few weeks later. Uh, I finished up my shift at old KB Toys, and I went home. Again, yeah, so I started in Burn Hills. You can do this on Google Maps if you want to know. I mean, it's like a, it's a good, uh, you know, these are good 20, 30-mile trips one way. Burn Hills to Troy, back to Burn Hills, back to Colony, Back to Burn Hills. And then my friends came, and we probably went to, like, Saratoga or something, which is a, a good 15, 20 miles. I don't know, 30 miles. Uh, who knows? I don't even know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I got home. And my parents were... I got home, I don't know, 10 o'clock or so. My parents were just getting into bed. And I came upstairs, and I said, I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm so sorry. I think I did. I think I was doing something wrong with the car. What are you talking about? Because earlier, uh, I think of a, a week before that, I had I didn't realize for some reason the parking brake had been on. We had kind of a steep driveway. My I think my somebody had put the parking brake on, which I didn't even know. And I drove to the end of the road with the brake light. I said, "What the hell is this?" And then I got, you know, it was maybe a quarter of a mile driving like that, and I realized, oh, it's the parking brake. That's what I need to do to turn off this light. Okay. And it was no big deal. It didn't really do anything. My dad was pissed that I drove to the end of the, the block with the parking brake on. But anyway, so I came home, <laughs> and I said, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what happened. I think I really, I really screwed up the car. What are you talking about, son? What, what do you mean? Tell me what that means. Well, I, I just realized as I pulled into the driveway that that brake light was on the whole time that I drove home from work. I I parked on a hill at work and I left the the parking brake on. I must have, I don't know, I must have just forgotten to turn. There's no hills at work. It's just flat parking lot. Anyway, I said, yeah, I I think I I left the parking. I think I drove all the way home. You mean to tell me you drove all the way on the north way, which is a highway, all the way from Albany to burn hills out here in the sticks? With your parking brake on the whole time? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. And then my dad, he shot up out of bed with his tidy whiteies on. <laughs> the classic, the classic look that, like, yeah. Um, and I, you, you, the car, how the hell did you even make it home with the brake? The parking brake was on this whole time. You drove on a highway for 20 minutes and then another 20 minutes driving. The, the, 
Yeah, Dad, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Except April Fool's. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh, what the f... It's like, that's... He's like, that's idiotic. That's an idiotic prank. Like, well, yes, but that's all about... Those are the only pranks I know. April Fool's. Uh, what do you think, your son's a moron? I wouldn't drive all the way home with a parking brake on. Just to the end of the neighborhood, maybe, but not to the... Not the, all the way on a highway. Uh, so, yeah, another another home run. Another dinger for me. Another classic April Fool's prank. And then... Uh, and then my buddy, and then Sean came over. He was, uh, I think he was on spring break. And uh, he came over. And I feel like Double J came over too. Uh, they were they were home for the week, for spring break. It was the middle, yeah, it had to be, it must have been like a Wednesday. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know when, when April Fool's 1999 was, but you know what? I can... This is what's so great about modern technology. Look at that. It's a Thursday. April 1st, 1999 was a Thursday. Just like that. Just look it up. Okay, so it's a Thursday. I think that's what I said. Uh, so anyways, so they came over. My buddies came over. And we thought we would prank Shimo. Because back in those days, everybody was on AIM, uh, AOL Instant Messenger. You had, you had a AOL, America Online, but then they had the free... Just the the IM thing that you could connect with all your friends, and uh, so was Joe uh, Shima was at his he was he wasn't on spring break so he's he's at Colgate he's at his school, and uh, Shawnee and Double J and I are hanging out in my bedroom, figuring out what we're gonna do, and uh, I pinged Joe, and said, "Hey man, I don't know how to say this, but." Sh- but Sean, <laughs> Sean was in a terrible car accident coming home, <laughs> coming home from school, from college for the week, and and Joe for the longest time to his credit he was like bullshit hey, you're fucking with me it's April Fools fuck you, and I'm like Joe I'm I'm serious man I don't know what to say, and we went back and forth and you know Sean was feeding me some lines Double J's feeding me some lines I'm coming up with some lines to try and really sell this, and then. Uh, <laughs> And then we finally got him. And I can't fully remember, Joe will be able to tell me, but I think that I, I, I mentioned Sean's parents. I said that I talked to, I said, no, I'm serious, man. Mrs. Doyle called me and, and she and Mr. Doyle are on their way out to like Ithaca, somewhere, in the, you know, somewhere along I-90. <laughs> somewhere, some hospital out in western New York, out in central New York. Ithaca or Utica or some fucking whatever those stupid crap ass towns are along I ninety that nobody likes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I think that was it when I mentioned Sean's parent when I when I brought the parents into the situation and said, "No, I'm serious, man. I just talked to Mrs. Doyle. She's on her way out. She's on her way out to whatever Syracuse, <laughs> Utica." <coughs> I guess not Ithaca. Ithaca is not along I ninety. Forget I said Ithaca. Who who cares? They're all the same. Although Ithaca is gorgeous. Uh, anyway, so as soon as I mentioned the parents, my phone rings, and it's and it's Joe on the caller ID, and so I, as, uh, Joe. That's that's how you knew he believed it. 
And uh, I picked up. I said, hey. He goes, oh, my God. So you're serious? Sean really was in a car accident? I'm like, yeah. And I said, Joe, hang on one second. And I handed the phone over to Sean. He goes, hey, asshole. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, no bad karma coming out of that, pretending that our friend who was standing right next to me was in a horrible, horrible car accident. Uh, So there was that one. And uh, I guess that was it. I feel like there were more. I know there were more because I did I did little mini pranks all day. And anyway, so it's April Fool's Day, and and we have videos that we were watching from about five years. I want to say maybe April Fool's two thousand sixteen. Maybe uh, we did a couple pranks on the kids. Kimmy glued uh, googly eyes, googly eyes onto several of the kids' uh, stuffed animals. Jimmy who's the little plush tiger that Kaylin has been glued to since, uh, since about 2000, since about she was three years old. Um, her best pal, Jimmy, Kim, Kim put googly eyes on Jimmy and all the other toys and all the other little pals and friends. Uh, they did not like that. They thought that was terrible. Then Kim, we put, uh, it was some kind of chocolate swirl-looking thing um, <laughs> that we put on there. They had this little table, this little table in their toy room at the time with a TV and stuff. And we put this little chocolate swirl and told them that because I think their friends had been over the night before, Hal and Jack, and we said, "Did somebody, did somebody shit on this table? Did Hal? <laughs> poor Hal. We blamed poor Hal. We said." Did Hal take a shit on the table? I don't think we said that. We said poop on the table. Like, oh my God, oh my God. And then Kim went and picked it up, picked it up and said, Oh my God, it is. She smelled it and said, It is poop. And then Kim took a big bite out of it. And then I took a big bite out of it. We both said, Oh my God, it is poop. And the kids are looking at us like, Oh my God, why are you eating it? And then we said, Ah, April Fools, ha ha ha. And uh, and then we said, Hey, don't worry. We made you brownies. And they were like, oh, yeah, brownies. We, we watched this video. It breaks my heart. I hate myself. And that was that's the last April Fool's I'm ever going to take, <laughs> to take part in because the, uh, the, the reaction on Cam's face when we say there's brownies and the kids get really excited and Cam's eyes absolutely light up. Kim goes into the oven, pulls out a pulls out a tray, and there's little pieces of construction paper that are all the letter E, brown construction paper, brown E's. And we said, "Here's your brown E's." And then in this video, Cam Cam goes, "Oh my god, I can't believe it." And goes on the couch and is like hiding hiding tears. And you can see it in the video, and it's the most heartbreaking thing. Cam thinks it's hilarious now. I think it's awful. I want to go back to 2016 or 7, whatever it was, and punch myself and say, don't do these stupid pranks on your poor children. And uh, and then after that, after the brown ease, we said, no, but we really, you can eat the chocolate, you know, the fake poop that we made. And, and Kimmy brings out a plate of the fake poop and cam goes to reach for it and then we say well no 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 you gotta eat lunch first which was not an april fool's prank like you have to have lunch before the poor thing couldn't even get like a little piece of chocolate 
chocolate fudge that that had been made for the prank and we we pulled that away from them and uh, just awful awful people awful people i will say though most of those ideas were kim's <laughs> but i certainly went along with them thought they were great couple of a- couple of assholes uh yeah so what was the purpose of this oh i wanted to tell i was just thinking of a story when uh <laughs> When I was, this was 2009, it was the year that my sister got married, and we were we were expecting, Kim was pregnant with Cam, it was a f- nice little summer, it was the last, it was just a nice summer, and then the next summer was nice, but then we moved to Florida, and it was just, it's, it's all been downhill ever since, uh, but that was just a good, fun summer with lots of family and friends and stuff and so we had the the wedding was in New York so my sister her husband to be at the time were all coming up from Charlotte lots of lots of folks coming in from North Carolina from other places big family big Cambodian family staying our next door neighbors were like out of town and they offered up their entire house so a bunch of the bunch of the family stayed in that house Folks stayed at my parents' house. People were staying at my grandmother's house. It was, you know, it was it was nice. It was nice, and of course, nobody stayed with us. We we tried that once, I believe. Uh, Jess and Solar stayed with us, and I think they hated it because they had to sleep on an air mattress. I can't blame them. And uh, so, anyway, so nobody stayed with us. Nobody wanted anything to do with us. But they all, you know, so we had to get we had to get my parents' house in good shape. We, my dad and I, cleaned. All the bedrooms just, I mean, when I say clean, I mean deep clean, like COVID type of cleaning. Like everything goes in the trash, ripping, you know, taking up carpets, pulling every piece of furniture out of the room to fully clean everything, 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 everything. And uh, one of the things that we did, I didn't just help inside, my dad wanted to, we had this old fence that was kind of, most of it had just sort of rotted away. We're going to put in a new fence. We're going to do it ourselves. I have gone into the financial services industry so that when that time comes, I will pay people to do it because I hate manual labor. And, uh, (laughs) and what I always did was I always passed it off as me not knowing how to do any of that stuff. And what my dad realized when we put this fence together was I actually do know if I, you know, I have a brain. I'm not like, it's not something I do every day. It's not a hobby of mine, you know, woodworking and measuring and digging post holes and all this fucking bullshit painting and all this crap. Cause I, I hate all of that stuff. I hate working with tools and measuring and schlepping heavy beams. And I just hate it. I hate it. Um, Maybe someday that'll change. I, I doubt it. I'm not good with my... I'm just not good. I don't have, like... I'm not... I don't have the, any ability to draw. My handwriting sucks. I have... Ter- my hands are just not... <laughs> I can't, you know, woodwork and bullshit like that. Crafts. And I'm, I'm eternally impressed with the things that people can do with their hands. The things that people can create. And I'm also just... I, Boy, I hate the even the thought of having to do something like that and picking up like a hammer and a screwdriver. Gross. So anyway, but I always told my dad, even though I helped my dad, like when I was a little kid, 
I have so many memories. Like we built a shed together, you know, which was awful because I'm a, I'm a little kid. Maybe that's what ruined it. Being like such a young pup and having to do this like child labor, holding giant, <laughs> giant beams up over my head as my arms are shaking, as my little nine year old self, my arms are shaking while my dad is trying to screw in, screw in all these wood planks into the ceilings and the walls and stuff like that. And then says, Oh, hang on. Got to go charge my screw gun real quick. Just hold it there for a sec. What? What? I can't. It's going to fall. So we built a, uh, put a deck on the back of the house. I helped with that. You know, there was one afternoon that Nate and I, we, we friends, Nate came over to help, to help screw on the deck. And friends called and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm screwing, I'm screwing with Nate on the deck. Nate and I are screwing. <laughs> we built a deck. We built, my dad and I built a shed. We put all the wood paneling, all the walls, you know, finishing the basement which, of course, we couldn't just put the wood, the giant wood panels on the walls. We had to put them on the ceiling, too. And all the light fixtures and everything. It was fun. Fun. So anyways, I hated it. So I would just tell my dad, like, I, I really, he would ask me for help. And I would help him with things here and there. But, like, I'm not good at this stuff, Dad. You are. You are a handyman. You're a man's man. You know how to, you, you have hand-eye coordination. You're good at sports. You're a jock. You're good at handy woodworking stuff. And you're also smart and you're a teacher and you know science and you, you have all these, all these skills and like 47 master's degrees. I, I've, I've got nothing. I've got, I've got my measly one master's degree and no skills. So you should ask, I don't know, get somebody hire. So you've worked hard all your life. Hire somebody to do these things. No, son, we're going to put in a fence together. But dad, I don't know the first thing about this. I, you know, whatever, I'll help you. It's not going to go very well. And then we put the fence in. Unfortunately, what my dad realized was that I actually did know what I was doing, which was a surprise to me too. Because I was like, you know, hey, we got we to gotta measure, okay, the hill slopes this way and we got to measure this. It's got to be, all right, we need a, this one needs to be three feet tall, but the other one needs to be about uh, four and a half feet we got to measure, make sure, blah, 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 cut the holes here. Okay. And then my dad would be like, what What the hell is this? You actually, you've been, you've been holding out on me. You actually have some idea of how this stuff works. Like, well, I wouldn't say that. I just, you know, at the time I'm 29 years old. Like I, I have a brain just cause I don't do this stuff very often. Doesn't mean I can't figure it out. I can figure shit out. It's more that I just hate doing it. This is so unenjoyable to me to be out here in this dreadful heat, putting a goddamn fence post every, uh, every three feet along both sides of our very long driveway. I don't really love this. So the driveway is like 80 feet long. And then you have to put them all going along the, along the driveway. And then the front of the driveway, the front of the house on both sides, like, Oh, it's awful. It's enough. It's enough. Uh, uh, today's Red Sox home opener has been postponed until tomorrow. Oh, uh, oh, oh! I was looking forward. To, I was looking forward to watching people who had paid three hundred dollars for a ticket in a in a stadium with about five thousand people in it max, uh, sitting in the forty five degree weather and pouring rain. I, having spent a fortune for those seats, I was really hoping to see that. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? What was I? Ah, uh, yes. So the fence posts. So I spent the summer 
I spent a good deal of time at my parents' house cleaning, 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 digging posts, digging post holes, cutting wood, putting wood in, oh, backbreaking labor. Uh, but that's not really the point of the story. The point is to tell you that one, th- this story is the first time, well, all right. So on one of the days, and of course I have a pregnant wife at home, and, you know, we have, pl- you know, like on a Saturday we have plans, we're going to go out to dinner, we're going to do stuff. And so on one, one of the days I was working with my dad, digging holes, putting fences in, getting close to the end, and I said, listen, I got to, you know, I really have a, I have a hard stop at whatever, four o'clock. So I got to get back, I got to get some groceries, I got, uh, you know, Kimmy and I are going to do this, this, this. And my dad's like, okay, so we're working along and gets to about four, a little after four. I'm like, I got to go. He's like, all right, all right, just one more, one more. I'm like, okay. And then I help him put one more f- post in, one more fence the thing in. And I'm looking, I'm like, okay, it's like 4.15. I'm like, all right, I got to go. I got to be home by 4.30. I t- you know, Kimmy's expecting me. I got to be home. My wife's expecting me. My dad just looks up at me and he goes, <laughs> he does the fucking, he does like the whip. And I'm like, really? And he's like, I'm like, seriously? I'm like, dad, I have to be, my pregnant wife is waiting for me. And he just looks at me and he goes, he just goes, pussy. I'm like, what? He goes, you pussy. <laughs> You're a pussy. I'm like, what? He's like, oh, and he starts imitating me. He's like, oh, yes, dear. I'll just be home as soon as possible. Whatever you say, dear. I'm like, my my pregnant wife, my seven months pregnant wife, six months, whatever it was, <laughs> has is expecting me. We're going out. We have plans. It doesn't matter. Pregnant has nothing to do with it. My wife, who I love and who I said, you know, we made a schedule. We said, okay, today I will be home by 4.30 so I can take a shower and we can go to whatever we were doing. I don't know if we're going to the movies, going to her parents, going to, I don't know. The fact of the matter was a Saturday night. We We worked very opposite schedules. I worked nine to five. Kimmy worked sometimes nine to five, sometimes until nine or 10 at night. She's in retail. Sometimes she had days off during the week when I was at work. Sometimes, most of the time she was working on Saturdays and Sundays and we didn't get a lot of time together. So we were having, and and I had spent most of that summer away from her helping my dad clean his own bedroom and all the other rooms and all this other stuff. And putting up a fence and doing all these things. And the literally first and only time during that entire like two-month-long project that I said I need to go at 4 o'clock. And I gave him an extra 15 minutes. And then he goes, you pussy. Oh, yes, dear. I'll be home right now. Like, yeah, I know. I, I, I love my wife. And I when I make a plan, I stick to it. What a... What a pussy. What a pussy. We said I'd be home at 4.30 and I'm trying to stick to that. So, yeah. Yes. Yes, dear. Whatever you say, dear. Or we just respect one another. And if it was the other way around, I would expect her to be home at that time. Because we said that's what we're going to do. We made plans. 
Just like I told you I would be here at whatever, 9 o'clock this morning to work on the stupid fence. And here I was at 9 o'clock this morning. Not 9.30, not 10.15, 9 a.m. Just as I, too, am saying to my wife, I'll be home at 4.30. As we discussed, not not 4.45, not 5.08. Uh, pussy, whatever the wife, whatever your wife tells you. I'm like, are you, what is happening right now? Weird. I'm like, is my dad, I said to him, I said, are you, you're seriously calling me a pussy? Uh, father, reverend, hello, who still was, you know, very active on Sundays, going to his church where he was a priest. <laughs> He's sitting there calling me, you pussy. <laughs> like, what is happening right now? So anyways, that was, it's taken me 48 minutes because I had to talk about cigarettes and April Fool's. That was all I wanted to tell you, as it just popped into my head. I have absolutely nothing to do. Uh, oh, yeah, and uh, yeah, the, the new job starts on April 12th, with me, which means I get an extra week off. An extra week to get ready, to relax, to enjoy. Uh, yeah, that's the other update. I was, uh, yeah, I left, left the old job last Friday. Had accepted a new job that was supposed to start Monday. On Tuesday, they told me I needed to actually start on Wednesday. I said, fuck you. That ain't happening. You're not going to ruin my week off with a, with a job. How dare you? How dare you pay me more money by having me start earlier? So that's out. Rolled the dice on that one because I didn't actually. For, there was about 24 hours there where I said, oh, shit, wait a minute. I don't have anything lined up officially. But then things changed yesterday, had some really great conversations. Maybe I mentioned this on the podcast already. I don't know. Had some really great conversations, got the job, locked in, two weeks, April 12th. Here we go, baby. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling very good right now. We'll see how I feel in a month, two months from now. Yeah, it's anybody's guess because you know how I am. But uh, yeah, so so there's the story of when my dad called me a pussy, <laughs> and then the what's great is, and that's a great that's a great angle too because he's he's Father John, he's the priest, he's the reverend, the respected, beloved reverend of uh, one of the local churches, loved by all, and so who's gonna believe for a second that he would utter such. Such vulgarity, especially towards his firstborn and only son. My mom came outside even because she knew that I had to leave. I had a hard stop. And she said, Johnny, what are you doing here? You got to go. Don't you have, you have plans with your wife? I said, yes, I do. I said, but apparently if I keep those plans and get home at the time that I said I would be home, according to your husband, my father, that makes me a big pussy. And my mom goes, shh, be quiet. I was like yelling this to her from across the driveway, across the front yard. She goes, shh, be quiet. What do you, why would you say that? I said, I don't know. Ask dad. He's the one who said it. He's the one who called me no fewer than three times. He called me a pussy. My mom's like, oh, he did not. He would never say, a, he's never said words like that. And I said, I don't know what to tell you. He did. I heard it my word against his so i guess i don't stand a chance in this one and my dad's like he's like giving me that fucking grin smiling yeah 
I guess like in The Simpsons, the, the devil is always the one you least suspect. It's Ned Flanders. It's Father John. As he looks at me and he hisses, pussy. <laughs> he said it. He did. He, under his breath. My mom wasn't close enough. And he's just, he cups his hand up to his mouth so that she can't even see his lips moving. And he just looks at me again. He goes, pussy. I'm like, stop. First of all, stop saying that word. I can't. I can't hear you say that word. No matter what context it's in, I cannot hear you say that word another time. And uh, and then knowing that I was really, really bothered by just hearing him say that word, then, of course, he was like, pussy. <laughs> uh, and my mom didn't believe it for a second. So what could I do? What could I do except take my pussy ass home and have a nice evening with my wife as I had promised her because that's communication and respect are uh, and 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 sticking to a commitment those are some of the some of the main features some of the main uh <laughs> main attributes of a successful not just marriage but any relationship with friends with family with spouses with coworkers anytime if you commit to something you stick to it Unless, of course, it's a commitment that you make to your wife, who you love and respect, and then, according to your dad, that makes you a pussy. Uh, it was shocking. Shocking, shocking. So, anyways. Uh, so, I came home and I told Kimmy that story, and she didn't believe it either. Because who, that's, that's the great thing. When you're squeaky clean, and you're the priest, and you, you, you live your life the right way, you can, you can take a second every you know once every 30 years and do something like that you can call your son a pussy and uh nobody will believe it nobody will believe it and that's that's what's great oh man so, it was so funny but anyways i think that's all i needed to tell you it only took me damn near an hour to do it so i'll, I'll call this episode 78 i i i don't know it's i don't know what i'm gonna call it it's a bonus episode it's an hour i can't just i wish i could just pick this thing up and talk for four minutes and get to the point and be done. But I, I see things. I think of things. My mind's all over the place. It's all over the place. All right. That's enough. Thanks for listening. That's all I wanted to tell you. And uh, whatever. That's it. Okay. Bye.